Welcome to Between the Lines, a podcast for middle schoolers all about books, from the newest releases to under-the-radar reads to the latest in YA news. Get it all here. I'm Jen Duell from Richmond Public Library. And I'm Barbara Haas from Richmond Public Schools. And each month, we host a new middle school student as our guest host. And this month's guest host is Tristan. Hi. I'm Tristan Marr. I go to collegiate school. I'm a lover of books and I'm really excited to be on here. Well, we're really excited to have you. Thank you, Tristan. Yeah, thank you. So this is episode nine of Between the Lines, our podcast dedicated to books for middle schoolers. We are so excited to be talking to you about some awesome books we're currently reading, some books for Pride Month, or as we like to call them, Rainbow Reads, and some YA news. Yes. So let's get started. The first segment of our podcast is always what we're reading now. And I love this segment because we get a big variety as far as what kinds of books we're reading. Barbara, would you like to start us off this month? I would love to. So right now I am reading Salty Bitter Sweet by Myra Cuevas. And it is about Isabel, who goes by Isa. And she has just been accepted into a program hosted by a famous chef in France. Her mother is French and her father is Cuban, but they're all living in France. But they are divorced because her father has had an affair. And so he's living in Lyon with his new wife and they are expecting their first child together. And Isa is living with them because it is closest to this restaurant where she is going to be in this program, the summer program. And if she does well in this program, she will get a spot as an intern in Chef Gatard's kitchen. And that is her dream to work in a Michelin rated restaurant. So she is really excited about this and working really hard. But As you might suspect, there's a little bit of drama besides the kind of conflict between her parents. She's also just lost her beloved abuela, who is the one who taught her to cook and passed down her recipes. And so she is dealing with that kind of in her own way, or maybe like avoiding dealing with that in her own kind of way. And add to that a very handsome young man who happens to walk into her life and kind of turns it upside down. So she is dealing with all of this as she's working really hard to gain that apprenticeship. And she ends up making a really big mistake. And she has to figure out how she's going to deal with that. She needs to figure out what kind of sacrifices are you willing to make to get what you want? And then she has to figure out what it is she really does want. And I will say I'm loving this book mainly because it's set in the food world. And so it's been really fun listening about all the recipes they create. And it also gives you a really inside look into just how stressful working in a top rated kitchen can be. So I am really enjoying it and looking forward to see what kind of decisions Issa makes. That sounds really good, Barbara. It sounds like there are a lot of different things at play in this story. A little bit of romance, a little bit of competition, a little bit of family drama. It sounds great. I would make a pun about there are many different ingredients to the recipe for this book. (laughs) Ba-dum-bump. Good one. (laughs) I'm here all week. Tristan, do you watch any cooking shows? 
I sometimes turn on Top Chef with my family because they're obsessed with that show. And every so often I will watch some random baking show that's on Netflix and then forget about it for the next few months. But I do. Yeah, well, I say there there is a bit of Top Chef in this book. If your family likes that, that might be something mm-hmm. you guys can share. I was going to ask you, would you compare this book more to Top Chef? or a great British baking show. They have very different feels. They do. I feel like it's more top chef than great British baking show. All right. Definitely. Yeah. It's very cutthroat. These kids are, you know, highly qualified and very competitive. My only problem with watching cooking shows or reading books with food is that I always get so hungry. I know. (laughs) um, I think I gained five pounds just so far reading this book. They have like a description of a chocolate chip cookie that just you know, sent me into the kitchen myself. (laughs) Delicious. Reader beware. Right. There you go. Well, Tristan, what are you reading right now? I'm reading the Legend series by Marie Lu, which is a really great book. It's one of my favorites. It's set in the United States after like a huge flood that killed millions of people. And there's this country called the Republic. And in order to keep the population perfect, the highest standard it can be, there are these tests called trials in which if you fail you get sent off to these labor camps no you die but um they're telling everyone else that you're sent off to these labor camps to help make everything better and in the history of the world there has only been one documented person who has gotten a perfect score of 1500 on their trial and that is this girl named june And everything is great for June. She works in the military. She graduated like five years early from college. And then her brother dies. He was killed on a secret mission because he works for the military too. And the person who we think killed him, his name is Day. And Day, he failed his trial. He got sent off to the labs to be experimented on and killed, but he escaped. And now he's been fighting crime ever since until June comes on. And she's like, I need to arrest this guy for killing my brother. And she arrests him, but she finds out, hey, maybe he didn't. And hey, I really like this guy. And they both finally find feelings for each other. And June feels like she's made a horrible mistake. Was her mistake in falling for Day? Or was her mistake in thinking that that Day killed her brother? Honestly, for me, it was both. Yeah. Because both of them got her in huge amount of trouble. So... If she'd just never known his name, things would have been great. So she was sort of this like model citizen in Mm -hmm. this post-apocalyptic society. And as soon as Day enters her life, everything kind of does a 180 is what it sounds like. Yeah. Wow. And this is part of a series, right? It is. So this is the first one? Yeah, I'm on the second one now. And it's just as good as the first one. And I could not put it down. And they've already all been published. Is that correct? Yes. I love that. And the cool thing about Marie Lu is that she's written several different series and then some mm-hmm. kind of standalone books. So I feel like you're speaking very highly of this author. So if others pick this series up and like her, there are more that they can get into as well. Yes, I've read another book by her and I really enjoyed it. So I would say pick up any book by her and you won't be able to put it down. That's a really good point. You know, sometimes you love authors so much, you just want to go out and read everything that they've written. So she is Mm -hmm. very prolific. So there's a lot of her stuff out there. That is how the author Brandy, I don't know if it's Colbert or Colbert, I'd have to look that up, but that's how she is for me. Anytime a new book comes out, I'm like, I have to read it immediately because she's just 
that good in my mind. Right. No, I totally agree with you. Mm-hmm. I feel like that about Gary Schmidt. So <laughs> I think we all have our, you know, favorite authors. For me, it's Rick Riordan with the oh, yeah. series. He's come out with like 20 books and I've read them all and own probably over half of them because I'm obsessed with him and I love his books. We talked about him on our last podcast episode and I shared that I haven't read his books yet. I'm almost ashamed to admit that because they are so popular. So now you are the second person telling me I better get on it. Definitely. I love him. I do. I love him. Mm -hmm. It's very fast read and it's entertaining and it's fun. I think he's brilliant. So I agree with you there, Tristan. Thank you. So I'm going to share with you what I'm reading or actually just finished, which is a historical fiction. And it is The Blackbird Girls by Anne Blankman. And I kind of picked this book up for two reasons. One is because Anne Blankman is a Virginia author, which I always think is cool. Barbara actually introduced me to her several years ago because she has been part of our Yava or Young Adult Virginia Author Celebrations at the library. So that was sort of caught my eye first. But then the second piece was that this book is set around the nuclear explosion at Chernobyl in Ukraine in 1986. And I feel like I haven't seen that many fiction books published during this time period or on this topic. So that was kind of interesting to me too. And the way the book starts off is it revolves around the lives of two girls, Valentina Kaplan and Oksana Savchenko. They're both around middle school age and they wake up one morning in their small town to a pure red sky with smoke kind of billowing out. And they quickly realize that the smoke is coming from the nuclear plant located in their town. And both of their fathers work there. So you can understand that they immediately become panicked. But their mothers both force them to go to school, even though this is going on, because they live in what was communist Ukraine. And what you learn through the story is that the government really has a lot of control over its citizens. One thing that the government has done is it has put out a lot of propaganda and in a sense, sort of brainwashed people to believe that nuclear power is the safest form of power and their nuclear plant is basically impenetrable. Like nothing could go wrong with it. There's no way that there would ever be an explosion. There's no way that there would ever be any kind of trouble. And to question what the government says can really put you on the radar so that you are kind of under the eyes of the government. And that's not a good thing. So both of their mothers send them off to school. And that's sort of how the story starts. We learn when they get to school that Valentina and Oksana are kind of enemies. And that is because Valentina is of Jewish heritage, although she and her family are not able to practice their religion because of the government. And Oksana's father has a lot of prejudices against Jewish people that have sort of been a result over the years from World War II. So he has taught his daughter that people who are Jewish are bad, that they lie, that they steal, that they're manipulative. He's kind of like put all of these wrong ideas in her head. So they are enemies. Oksana is not nice to Valentina. Consequently, Valentina really does not like Oksana. So we learn this when they go to school. But by the end of the school day, panic has begun to infiltrate their whole town. Families are starting to realize that perhaps the government was wrong. And so as a result, people begin to flee the city. And in the process of fleeing and all the panic, Valentina and Oksana sort of get thrown together without any adults in their life. It's just the two of them. And they must board a train to Leningrad with their destination being to Valentina's grandmother. So 
this is the story of sort of their journey across the country and to a new town, to a grandmother that Valentina has never met, to navigating a government system that they prior to as young girls did not have a lot of experience with, but are learning very quickly that they have to be very careful living within. And then also learning that a lot of the prejudices that have been passed down through generations are not necessarily true. By having to depend on each other through this crisis, they begin to realize that people are people and no matter what their religious background is and that you can learn to even love others, especially through crisis. So it was a great story. I really loved it. Again, I thought it was super interesting that it took place during this time period because I didn't know a whole lot about it. I had watched a documentary on TV about it, but other than that, I didn't. So it was a good one. I find it so amazing to me that 1986 is historical fiction, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I do remember the whole Chernobyl episode very vivid in my mind. And I think it's great to set these teenagers in that time and place. That's so interesting to me. So I was very young in 1986. I was only four, so I don't remember it, but I probably can relate to how you think of it, Barbara, because the same thing is true for me with 9-11. I was a freshman in college for 9-11, and so I remember those events very vividly, but there are teens now that were not alive when that happened. And so, you know, yep, Tristan, raising your hand. I was not alive for any of this. But, you know, it's just kind of weird to think about it because it was sort of a defining moment in my life, you know, our country's history, that sort of thing. And I'm sure, Tristan, as you get older, there will be events that happen in our country, COVID probably being one of them, Mm -hmm. that one day there will be people that were not alive during this time. And you'll say, I'll remember when, you know. (laughs) Yep, that's very true. There's so many things that have happened in our um, country and our world's past that I wanted to learn about, but I did not know about until I came on here. Like, I didn't know about this nuclear mess until I heard about the book for the first time. So I'm definitely going to have to read about that. Yeah, that's one of the great things about historical fiction is it does introduce you to new things, but it puts it sort of in a personal light because you're able to follow the characters and kind of experience it through their eyes. So, yeah, I'm thinking too, like about the Black Lives Matter movement and how a lot of our biases come from the fact that we don't have experience with people who are different from us. And I think of the the Black Lives Matter and a lot of people who just don't have that experience or at least positive interactions with people who are different from them. And I think that is like the basis of a lot of misunderstanding then of people and leads to some of the extreme emotions that we've been experiencing in our country. And I do think like along with COVID, the Black Lives Matter movement and the protests will also be a pivotal point in our teens' lives that they will be talking about for years to come. And you could probably speak to this better than I can, Tristan, but like I imagine you will remember where you were when they took down the monuments in Richmond or- I do remember that. Yeah, so I feel like 
Chernobyl was definitely on my radar, but I think these big historical moments sometimes have a theme. Well, and not necessarily Chernobyl, but that didn't have anything to do with people's differences. But the way that the people interact and the way that their government treated the people definitely have to do with maybe not being totally understanding of another person's perspective. So I think that even like how we relate to certain historical events or even the cause of certain historical events Mm -hmm. come from misunderstanding people who are different than us. I agree. That was awesome. Thank you for sharing that, Jen. Sure. Well, should we move on to our next segment of the podcast? Yes. So we will be talking about our rainbow reads. And Tristan, would you be willing to go first? Of course. I'm reading the Rosewood Chronicles series by Connie Glenn which is probably my all-time favorite book series. And it's set in this small English town, and there's this young girl who's finally going to her dream school, Rosewood Hall. Her mother died at a young age, and Lottie promised her that she would go to Rosewood because it had always been a passion of both her mother and the daughter to finally go see that amazing school. But when she finally arrives, a horrible mistake happens where she kind of accidentally leads all of her other students to thinking she is an undercover princess. But it was okay until Lottie meets her roommate, Ellie Wolf. She's like heavy metal, hair dye, and she's Lottie's complete opposite. And she's also the actual undercover princess. Um, But Ellie's like, hey, you can really help me here because I don't want to tell everybody that I'm the princess. So Lottie and Ellie decide, hey, let's switch places. I will be the princess and you can just be a normal girl. And that was an amazing idea until they start getting death threats. With the help of their partisan, which is special bodyguard named Jamie, they undercover this secret plot to kidnap the princess and destroy the world. And they have to figure out how to stop it. And my favorite part about this book is the romance, obviously, because I'm a huge romantic at heart. And I love how the romance between Lottie and her roommate, Ellie, folds out how both of them have a crush on the other, but both of them don't think the other one likes them. And half of the time, I'm just like, just notice it already, because it is so (laughs) obvious. And it just makes me angry, because they need to get together, but they won't get together. So a little bit of star-crossed lovers, I guess you could say. Yes. It almost sounds like a Prince and the Pauper retelling. I would say so, yeah. I love fairy tale retellings. And I think we've talked about them a couple of times <laughs> on here too. I think Barbara loves fairy tale retellings. <laughs> I certainly do. And Tristan, as much as I try to deny it, I am also a huge romantic at heart. I mean, who isn't? I know, right? I do love a little, a good romance and they slot twist there. I love it too. When you're reading the book and you're like, okay, just kiss her already, you know, (laughs) get it over with. And that tension is building. There's like a million times that they could have kissed and they didn't. And it made me so angry that I was (laughs) screaming at the book until my parents came and yelled at me for being way too loud. Parents just never understand when you're in that point. And Tristan, is there something interesting about this author? So Connie Glynn is a UK art author. She's really young and she's a member of the LGBTQ community, which was one of the reasons why I picked this book for Rainbow Read. Also because she's an amazing author. But you know, she started out as a YouTuber with this really small channel until she decided, hey, 
I'm going to write a book. And then her book kind of blew up. So now a lot of people have read her books and loved them. I've recommended this book series to a lot of people and I have not seen one person come back with negative reviews. Yeah, I think that's cool. I mean, there are a lot of sort of social media influencers or social media stars that are going on to do other things that are equally cool. I think that that's a good sort of role model for teens that, you know, kind of dabble in that sort of thing and realizing this can really take you places. So that's awesome. Well, I'd love to tell you about the book that I selected for Pride Month. My rainbow read is called Birthday, and it is by author Meredith Russo. And Birthday follows two teens, Morgan and Eric, who were born on the same day in the same hospital in the middle of an epic snowstorm. So both of their families were sort of snowed in together in this hospital, and that's where their relationship began. The families became close, and Morgan and Eric became best friends. And part of that relationship is that every year they celebrate their birthdays together. Well, this book starts out on their 13th birthday, or just as it's approaching, when things seem to be changing just a little bit. Morgan makes the difficult choice to live as her true self. So Morgan was born as a male, but identifies as a female. And so leading up to her 13th birthday, she decides to share this and begin living as her true self. So Eric struggles with this a little bit, just trying to figure out how this impacts their friendship, what their friendship will look like going forward, that sort of thing. The other piece of it is that Eric's dad and brother are not the most accepting people. And so they are kind of, I guess you could say, putting bad energy into Eric's universe with regard to Morgan's transition. And so Eric is kind of feeling caught in the middle of the two. He loves Morgan. Morgan is his best friend. He wants to continue being best friends with Morgan, but he loves his family too. And so he's struggling with both sides of this. So what's cool about this book is that it's told in glimpses every year spanning six years on their birthdays. And so it sort of shows the evolution of their friendship, the evolution of Morgan, as I said, transitioning and living as a girl and later a woman. And what I found totally moving about this book was the power of the friendship between Morgan and Eric. Not only Morgan's bravery, and her uh, strength to come out and to live her life true to herself, but also Eric's continued love and support of Morgan and his strength to deal with the people in his life that are not being supportive. It's just beautiful. I have said before, I don't really cry when I read books. It's not my thing, but this book really did make me tear up. I've never read a book of a friendship that has been written so movingly. Like it just, Mm -hmm. it moved me to tears. It really did. And so it was really great. And the other cool thing about this book is that Meredith Russo, the author, is also transgender. So obviously she wrote with firsthand experience for more. Her first book was called If I Was Your Girl, and it's kind of noted as sort of one of the, I guess you could call it a classic YA book with a transgender character by a transgender author. I know those 
thankfully are becoming more of the norm in YA publishing now, but that hasn't always been the case. That's really just been over more recent years. Even though her book, If I Was Your Girl, wasn't published that long ago, I would still consider it a classic because it was one of the first of its kind. And so this birthday kind of follows that. So I loved it and definitely would recommend it to readers. It sounds sounds really really good. I agree. It does sound really good. I love the attention it gives to the friendship and not the romance, because I think that's a really important thing for (laughs) kids to read about. Friendships are so important, especially like to be able to be there for your friend who's going through this really hard time, no matter what it is. In most books today, if you find two best friends, they're either going to break up or they're going to fall in love and there is no other option. And when I find these types of books, it just makes me a lot happier because platonic relationships are everything. Well, I don't want to spoil anything, but I will just say don't write them off completely. Um, (laughs) 99% of the book is friendship. You're right. I agree with both of you. Like that is totally important. And to be honest, in my opinion, that forms the basis of a really good relationship too. True words. There's our advice. Take it from an old lady. Romantic relationships, when they start as friendship based on trust and really getting to know the person are very strong relationships. Well, I will transition then to my rainbow read, which is The List of Things That Will Not Change by Rebecca Steed. And this book is about B, Beatrice. When she was eight, her parents gave her a green spiral notebook with a green pen because green is her favorite color. But in that notebook was a list of things that would not change just because her parents were getting a divorce. And that her dad was gay ended up being number nine on the list of things that would not change. The story starts when B is 10 and in the fifth grade, and her dad has decided to marry his boyfriend, Jesse. Now, B is a normal kid. They have a normal life. They have a schedule. The mom and dad are very active. And one of the things on the list of things that will not change is that her parents love her. That will never change. B has a normal life. She loves her dog and sour gummy bears and Star Trek. She has a best friend and two parents that love her in every way. Great childhood. And that's what I really loved about how Steed talks about this book. Life is normal, right? Weddings, divorces, arguments, friendships, the whole nine yards, a normal family life. And in those normal lives, sometimes people of the same sex love each other. And that's totally normal. Why I picked this particular story is because it is also my story. My parents divorced because my dad is gay. And like B, there were things that I knew would always be the same. One being that my parents would always love me. And my dad also married the man he fell in love with. And he is much happier now. There's a line in the book. There are people who try to make you choose between who you are and who they want you to be. And you have to watch out for those people. There are many people in this world who think the love between my dad and his husband is wrong. I'm an adult and I know that those people are wrong. This book helps me and kids of all ages understand that love is love, period. I feel like I should start clapping. I know. (laughs) 
I feel like I have no words after that. I am accepting of all people. And it's been hard for me, especially as a librarian in a middle school who has students who believe all different kinds of things. And without trying to disrespect people's points of view and what their family has told them, just be a champion that love isn't wrong. There's just no way that love can be wrong. It's very hard to respectfully tell someone, hey, you're wrong. So a lot of people just choose not to say anything at all. That's a really good point, Tristan. And I think that not saying anything and not communicating and not having discussions is what leads to violence or misunderstandings and hurt feelings and broken relationships. You know, I think we should always stand up for what we feel is right. And one of the things that I've been trying to do is not put it in a you're wrong way, but in a this is how I feel way. Mm -hmm. And hoping that maybe I'll get through to some people. There were many instances I should have said something. And if I'd said something, I probably could have done a lot better. But I never did. And going back on it, I really should have. Well, you know, they say hindsight is twenty We're all human. We're all learning. We're all growing. We're all improving, hopefully. And so I don't think that there is a person out there that doesn't look back and say, oh, I could have done something differently or, oh, I could have done this better. And that's just life. You learn from your experiences in life. And really the important thing is that moving forward, you continue to try to do better according to what you believe is right not necessarily what others believe is right. What I love about the fact that we're talking about these rainbow reads and diversity in books in general is just, I think that's a great way to show people other perspectives. Maybe not even having to kind of get in the weeds with those tough conversations, but allowing them to experience other perspectives, other lives, without us having to say you're right or you're wrong, but just that exposure can sometimes make a shift. I think books have a really powerful way of doing that. I couldn't agree more. Well, before we move on to our next segment, I just have to ask for our listeners, Tristan, that can't see the pin that you're wearing right now. Can you tell us about it? It's a progressive pride flag pin that I figured I should wear today since we're doing something important. It has the rainbow stripes and then the little triangle thing that some of you may not have seen with the transgender colors and black and brown to symbolize like inclusiveness. That's great. It sounds like you're a real ally, Tristan. I am. That's great to hear. Well, let's move on to our YA news. And I selected some news that also goes hand in hand with Pride Month and our Rainbow Reads theme for this podcast. I wanted to share with you a book by Alice Oseman called Loveless. And this book won the YA Book Prize in 2021. The YA Book Prize is awarded by The Bookseller, which is a London-based book publishing magazine. And it celebrates great books for teenagers and young adults that are written by authors from the UK and Ireland. It's interesting because we don't always get news from across the pond, but there are some really fabulous authors over there. And so I think it was worth noting in this episode. Alice Oseman's book, Loveless, tells the story of Georgia, who heads to university ready to find romance. But when her attempts to form a romantic relationship wreak havoc among her friends, she starts to question why love is so difficult for her. Then she comes upon the terms asexual and aromantic, and she starts to wonder, does this describe me? This book kind of ties in part of Pride Month or what we consider LGBTQIA+, in 
that this book is about a character that considers herself asexual or aromantic, meaning she just doesn't those feelings the way other people do. Her relationships tend to be platonic. Again, as we talked about before, these types of characters are fairly new in publishing or at least traditional publishing. I know that independent publishing has been doing this for a while, but I'm happy to see these types of characters being portrayed more in YA and young adult literature. That's awesome. All right. Well, we have gone over so many cool things today. I hope everybody took away something new that they want to read or explore. But I especially want to thank Tristan for joining us as our co-host this month. I was really glad to be here. We'll be taking a short summer vacation, but we will return in September. So if you've missed any of our previous episodes, this is a great time to check them out on Anchor, Spotify, or your favorite podcast streaming platform. And if you want to be a teen guest host like me, then you should contact Jen and Barbara. Their contact info is in the show notes. But until then, everyone, happy happy reading. reading!